0: Hey guys, welcome to Walkers Only Podcast. My name is Ollie Olds and I'm your host. Before we start the podcast, please hit the like and subscribe button and follow us on Instagram at Walkers Only Podcast. My guest for today is Avani Palidi. She is a dual Olympian, a dual international, Olympic gold medalist, a Commonwealth Games silver medalist, World Cup bronze medalist, 2016 and 2018 World Series champions. 2018 Australian Sevens Player of the Year and in 2020 went over to Rugby League and won Player of the Year for the New Zealand Warriors. In this episode, we delve into the reality of the Australian Sevens squad. Vans talks about the tough decisions she had to make for the Rio Olympics and managing a relationship while being a pro athlete. Before we start, let's roll the intro.
1: Don't just talk it, walk it walk only Don't just talk it, walk it don't just talk it, park it, park it zone. Don't just talk it, park it,
0: park it Vani, how you doing?
1: Good, thanks, how are you?
0: I'm good, I'm good. Thank you for coming on, first of all.
1: No, thank you for having me.
0: Just before we start, obviously, get into this podcast, just give uh, the listeners a bit about yourself and who you are.
1: Um, yeah, so Vani Apollidi, I am a dual Olympian um, with Rugby 7, so debuted in my first Olympics in 2016 and then played in the Tokyo 2020 slash 21 Olympics this year. Um, played the Comm Games 2018, silver medalist there, and then 2018 World Cup bronze medalist as well.
0: Damn. So we got an Olympian in the house and a Commonwealth.
1: Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, that's
0: <laughs> awesome. I'm, uh, I'm blessed to have you here. Thanks. First, of, uh, first Olympian I've had. Um, so... Just where it all began with you with the 7th Circuit, like, so where did it all start with you from? How did you get into rugby?
1: So I grew up playing touch footy, actually, and then in 2013, played my first Australian tournament, um, so went over to New Zealand, played the Super Trans Taz, uh, which we won, and then um, kind of transitioned into touch footy with my family persisting me to go and play, they're mad rugby heads. Mm. So in 2012, in my last year of school, um, the Olympic Committee announced that rugby sevens was going to join the Olympics in 2016. They just won the bid for that. So that was a big lure for girls. So obviously transition from touch to sevens like Mm. I did. And I went and played a school tournament where the Reds rugby guys were there scouting some people. So I got selected into the Queensland side. And we Mm. played down at um, the Southport School Got to play our grand final against New South Wales in the middle of... At the time, it was Gold Coast 7s. So that was yeah. the Australian leg before moving to Sydney. So
0: how old were you at that time?
1: I was only 17.
0: Shit. Yeah. So was the transition from tag touch to tackle... Was that a big change for you?
1: No. I... <laughs> I always thought I'd end up back in like a full contact sport. So I played rugby league in under 12s with the boys. I was the only girl on a boys team Mm. down at TV Raiders. Um, And then obviously when girls turn 12, you can't play with the boys anymore. Mm. So through high school, I first went to high school, Caboolture State High before I graduated St. Columban's in 2012. And they had nines competitions in school. Yeah. So I loved playing that. But, God, my head was on a plate, though. Those girls are out to murder me. Really? Yeah, it was bad.
0: Why, just because of the profile you had? or?
1: Um, yeah, I think just obviously I was quite a talented player. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you've got, like, the Marsden girls and mm. all those girls who are big, big girls. Like, they were intimidating, and they just wanted to absolutely yeah. take my head off.
0: That's funny, because obviously um, when – when players do come through and they, oh, they whispers, oh, this guy's good or this girl's good. First instinct you want to do is like, we got to get them early, yeah. smash them, hit them.
1: Oh, it was bad. Like I remember one tournament, it got so bad that like they'd follow me into the bathroom what? and like try and intimidate me. Like it got really nasty. Really, yeah. And how old do you? This year, sorry. Oh, I would have been probably like fourteen or fifteen what yeah like it was bad
0: I don't remember (laughs) I don't remember that happening at all well definitely not with me anyway I'm uh I'm I'm not good enough like you but um (laughs) I just want to bring up as well obviously how we met was training and I just I didn't know too much about you at the time and you you have such a um what's the right word such a innocent and humble person when I met you like you wouldn't even think you're an Olympian um so when I met you and then I got to know you and I was like shit, this girl is, like, smashing us in the gym. And I was like, oh, wow. And then we do training, and then, yeah, gradually got to know you. And I just, besides your football, like, you're a a really amazing person, I wanted to tell you.
1: Thanks. I love the fact that I can be, like, underdog in there, and that people don't expect high expectations of me. Yeah. And I don't also want to walk into a room and, like, stare at my authority at anybody. Do
0: do you think that comes down to as well, like, um, with women's sports, it's not being... Like obviously it's still, it's an Olympic sport, but like it's been not degraded, but some people, they might not know of it as much as like, oh, that's bloody a big rugby male player coming through the door. Do you feel that? Or is it more like, does that make sense?
1: Yeah. No, I think, especially for sevens, I think NRL do it a lot better for their Mm. girls because they get to be on free to air TV. Mm. But unfortunately for us, the sevens players, like our tournament is international and then we don't have broadcasting deals like channel nine do with the NRL so unless you have Fox Sports or now Stan, um, you probably wouldn't watch a lot of sevens and especially women's sevens. Yeah, um, and we only have one tournament in Australia, and that only began in 2018. Was the first time they yeah. had a tournament in Sydney for a stra- for like the women's. They really? had a men's tournament in 2018. Yeah, but our girls, we never had a tournament prior to that in Australia to even like showcase mm. our skills.
0: And then when you came on, it's like bang, here we are. And it's I, like, I've seen the highlights. I've I constantly watch highlights of yourself and the girls playing and yeah. i'm like these girls are workhorses you know it's like um you're not just there i don't know like just to to, to promote women you're actually yeah. like genuine athletes and superstars as well yeah but um no nah, it's 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 awesome it's awesome that the girls game is growing and it has been growing for a long time but i think it's like you you're what 26 26, yeah. 26 now and how far it's come from the age of 17 to now yeah it's it's massive
1: it's massive and we were lucky we obviously won the gold in rio Mm. in 2016 so that helped put sevens on the map in australia particularly not just around the world but i don't think we leveraged enough of that to like keep Mm. women interested in it and now you've got sports like nrl and aflw coming out doing awesome things and now sevens is competing with all of them it's
0: it's i want to go into that after but um that's one thing at the moment with you, with, the, with everything with COVID happening, it's kind of taken a halt cause st- uh, to you in Sydney. Yeah. So you're back in Brisbane now. Yeah. So, um, loving it. <laughs> <laughs> obviously, if you've been in Sydney for what, seven years, eight years? About
1: eight years, yeah.
0: So, like, that's a massive part of your life. Um, so being home now, it's, I bet it's comforting to be around family and be around some girls maybe you went to school with again, yeah. or I don't know, people you're just meet, meeting as well and like new like yeah. different energies. I bet it's good to sometimes be out of that sevens environment.
1: Yeah. No, I'm loving being home. I obviously moved out of home at 18, mm. so I feel like I missed a lot of, like, my time with my family, and I've got five younger siblings, so I feel like I've missed a lot of their childhood and their outbringings mm. as well. So it's nice to be home for a period. But, yeah, one of my favourite parts about being back home is, and not being signed to anyone right now yeah. is that I have the luxury to go to gyms or, like, play some social footy yeah. and like, made a whole other avenue of, like, people that I yeah. would not have the luxury of doing if I was still playing sport right now.
0: That's so true. That's something that really pops a light bulb in my head was when I finish football, like, rugby, it's all you think about when you're in that in that bubble, you know? Yeah. And then you get out of it, and then you realise, like, 80% of the world, like, country, the world, whatever, don't really care about rugby as no. much as you do, <laughs> no. and the, the girls do that you play with, or the, yeah. the guys that I play with. And then you start, op- like, opening up to... Commun- like communicating with people with other interests and it kind of makes you interested in other stuff and then you get inquisitive and that's one thing i think we spoke about a lot was like um i know it's a hard question to say but knowing your worth guide you a bit as in say hey like your platform at the moment after being an olympian and a and a commonwealth uh using that as a platform into other avenues and something like I don't think enough players, even in the men's game, uses like their platform while they're in their primes. And I'm not saying you're in your prime right now, but you're, you've you've Yay. you've achieved a fair bit already. And it's just knowing that, like knowing your worth, as in, okay, like people will want to like want to use your you to promote their platform. But it's like, okay, well, knowing that, hey, I could probably do stuff on my own as well, you know. So at the moment, I think you said you did some promo stuff and.
1: Yeah, I've done a little bit of it.
0: And coaching.
1: Yeah. But that side is really like untouched territory for me, so I'm still learning all of that. But yeah, it was I was a bit intimidated when you first (laughs) brought it up in the gym. I was like, I don't know if I like this guy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. I think you know, I I always like to think like I don't want to be. If I say something to someone, it's like um, I shouldn't be like. It's not like I'm giving you an an answer. It's more like I want to leave and be like toss and turn with that what I've said. Yeah, because it'd be like oh, that's left a mark on me there to be like oh shit. Okay, maybe. But but um,
1: like, obviously your intentions are really pure, Yeah. but I've never had someone like even throughout my rugby career come up and be like, Vans, like, do you know that? So when you approached me and said that, I was like, oh, I really have to think about this now. Yeah, because
0: when you're in the rugby environment or sevens, you're just like, hey, this is your your schedule for the day. Yeah. Go. Uh, We want you to go into a school and take some photos or go to a little coaching clinic. And then like, I always thought about it was like, if you are at that standard, like, why can't you use that platform yourself to yeah. levitate and be like, okay, well I'll do this under my own name. I don't have to be under like the, the Aussie seven system. Or
1: It's funny. Cause I had a conversation with some friends the other day about that. And like exactly like this. And they just said, well, Vans like, what's your five year plan. Mm. And I sat there and I was like, I really don't know. Like outside of footy, yeah. I don't know where in footy. It was so comfortable. Cause I was like, I'm working a four year cycle for the Olympics. Yeah. So I know like every four years, the Olympics is going to come. And that's my end goal. And then in, two years yeah. in between that you've got the Com Games World Cup and I was like so I could work in that cycle but if you ask me like what that is outside of yeah. rugby I was like I have no idea
0: well I, I question that as well like the what's your five year plan I'm like when someone said that to you once I'm like I'm just going to do what I'm currently doing now yeah. and I can't tell you where I'm going to be in five years because yeah. if I plan it it'll never go to a plan yeah. how many times have you ever said "Oh, I'm going to do this yeah. and it's like hit so many other roads on the way and you've actually done something even better.
1: I can't even play my 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: true, yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll start now and we'll talk about um, the first, uh, the Olympics in 2016. So before that, you had to do some qualifying and stuff, right, to get yeah. into the Olympics.
1: Yeah, so a lot of people don't know about our process to qualify, mm. but we have a World Series that runs from October through to May-ish, mm. And so that we'll travel around the world, we'll have, like, legs in Dubai. um, Sorry, not Hong Kong. Um, Dubai, Sydney, um, Hamilton was one. Like, there'll be Europe tours and Canadian ones. Um, And so in 2014-15, that was our qualifying year. Mm. Um, So that season we had to qualify. So we had to either make top four in the World Series, um, and we were lucky we did. Otherwise, you go through down to Repercharge, which is qualifying through, like, your regions, like your Oceanic or your Asian oh, regions. Oh, right. okay, yeah. Um, and that's only one spot. Mm. Um, and then in the Olympics, you have 12 teams. So, obviously, you've got all your different regions, and that combines makes your 12 teams. And then the host nation automatically qualifies. So, that's a spot that's already taken. Um, And we were lucky, yeah, we qualified through the World Series, so we didn't have to go through a repercharge that year, which was lucky for us. We had some time off. And then the 2015-16 year, that was for rankings for the Olympics. So we had to go through that year, and that was based on what our pools were going to be in the Olympics. So we knew, we obviously, if we wanted a good pool, we had to finish on top and come first, which um, is what we did. So that was the first year we became World Series champions. Jeez, and how old were you at this stage? I was only twenty.
0: So you're a baby still. I
1: was so young, <laughs> yeah, and I still hadn't fully cemented my spot in the team at that stage either. Mm-hmm. So I was still busting my butt to like be an option for that final twelve. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So we were lucky we topped that. So it made our like journey in Rio to the final a lot easier than what we could have had. Of course.
0: And you were, and and you were a big part of that actually, especially the qualifying games, getting to Rio and stuff. Like you were heavily involved, right? Yeah. And then. We talked about it, but it was a bit of a kick in the face because obviously everyone thinks of Olympics and, you know, your involvement and obviously with the rugby, it's like um, we've all been there at some stage, like someone who's injured comes fit and comes in. Yeah. And unfortunately, you were the probably one of the babies in the team and you, got, you put on the bench, you and a couple of girls at some stage.
1: Yeah. So we went through that season and unfortunately, a lot of our key starters got injured yeah. quite early on, like in Dubai, which was our first leg. Um, And then I'm pretty sure we had five tournaments that year. And so in all five of those tournaments, I was heavily involved in that um, starting side. So I'd worked my way up through injury, got to be in the starting team, played a lot of minutes. And yeah, we won the first World Series. So I felt like I'd heavily like been a part of that process and then yeah we got to the olympics and our girls came back which was great for us but then that obviously meant i was relegated back to the bench
0: it's it's a it's a tough one right because you're trying to stay positive in these moments like you know we're a team we've won it or we're winning you know but i've been dropped and it's the shittest feeling ever yeah. and you know when you've you've put put you the work in and it's like you you're happy but you you're like is that was that all me? Well, like, yeah. w- I, like I don't know. It's a bit of like resentment, I suppose. Like because you know you've you've done the work, especially at twenty years old. You know you you're not as if you're selfish, but it's more like you just know how much you've worked to get to this, yeah. to get to the dance, and it's such an achievement at twenty years old. Yeah. And then yeah, and
1: it's hard in sport because like you're playing a team sport, so you obviously want like the team collectively to mm. do well, but there's also an element where you got to be a little bit selfish and go, but I know yeah. like what I can bring to the table,
0: yeah 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 definitely definitely get that and and I think you can either go either way after that, then you can either kick stones or you go, I'm going to prove you guys even more next time this comes around yeah um I just want to touch on and you know if you if you don't want to talk about it all, but you actually had a bit of a test in time in that period as well
1: yes <laughs> yeah we can talk about oh yeah, it. so
0: um, I think you mentioned it was a bit of a fifth like a crossroad as in do I go and pursue the Olympics that year or? have a child.
1: Yes. So I fell pregnant to my partner at the time. Um, And this is something that I only really have spoken to you about. Um, And then, yeah, so that was probably about a month or two out from the team getting selected Mm. and then Rio. And obviously, like, I left Sydney and my family at a really young age to go down and pursue this dream of being an Olympian. And then that came up. And anyone who knows me knows that I love children. Like, I'm quite, like, a maternal person. Um, So it felt like I had two of like my lifelong dreams at once and I couldn't have both of them. Mm. And obviously at the time I was quite emotional and I was like, nah, I'm just going to do it. I just had the baby. But if I look at where my life could have, I sat there and looked at where my life could have ended up and it wasn't the road that I saw for myself at the time. Like I didn't see myself building a future with the guy. I didn't want to be a single mom. Like that was never part of my plan. So I obviously chose to go to the Olympics, uh, which I don't regret at all. But at the mm. time, like as a twenty-year-old with those two decisions, it was really hard.
0: Oh, I bet, I bet that's um that's massive. And I do appreciate you telling me, and I do appreciate you mentioning it. Yeah, I know it's a, a platform, obviously, but um, yeah, wow, that's and at such a young age to make that decision. Did you like kind of do it on your own, or was it kind of like I reached out to family at the time? Or
1: I reached out to my mom, but mum's a bit funny. She like always has really good intentions. Like you, just do what you got to do, bub. But I know deep down, she's like you better make the right choice. Yeah, well, um, We've had a couple of those moments like while I was growing up, like when I wanted to move schools. yeah. Um, and I told mum this one time, I was like, you do know, she sent a message that was meant for my aunt, but she sent it to me. Oh, God. And it was like pretty much like this child better pick the right decision. Oh, and wow. I was like, okay, I'll do that then. But she didn't know until probably a year ago when I told her, I was like, I actually wow. went with that because you sent me a text message that wasn't meant for me. So I <laughs> always know like with mum, like she'll say to you like, do what's right for you but I know deep down she's like really like wanting you to pick the other thing
0: yeah it must be something in that though is because like they kind of want the best for you right yeah but that's a big say at that age as well and you know your mum going you you better to pick the right decision but it kind of teaches you to like stand on your own two feet there as well Yeah, like even probably without even thinking that
1: yeah so I didn't really talk to anyone about it I was lucky I had one really good friend down in Sydney that I could talk to about it and I reached out to her as soon as it happened and she, I remember sitting in the car with her and she was like, you really want to have the baby? And I said, yeah. But she goes, but you don't see it. With him. Yeah. And I was like, no, I don't. But I also, it's hard when you're in that position. I also was like, I don't think I could ever give a child up and not that way either. That like felt like I was at a moral crossroad more than anything.
0: Did that affect you at all in in your rugby?
1: Um... No, I don't think it did, but I, it was always in the back of my mind.
0: Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. I bet that's a lot of weight to take at a young age, and so you must have some strong mental game to to do it. Some people probably might might have struggled more, you know. I I don't know. Unless you're in those shoes, you can't really just can't really comment on it. Yeah. But one thing you have brought up to me in the past as well is um, how you are. Like you say, you're very maternal. Like you are like a caring person, and yeah. the way you are with your siblings. Um, you are like a bit of a mother to them. Is that something that's just always been you in in a young age?
1: Yeah, and so my mum had me when she was really young. So mum was 19. So that was all I knew. So that's what I envisioned my life being. Like I was like, yeah, I'm going to have kids at 19 too. But now I look at my life, I'm like, "Uh, we'll probably wait till 30 at least. Um, But yeah, just growing up with so many siblings, there's five underneath me, and being surrounded like my mum's side, and So Mm. you're surrounded by so much family Mm. and so many young kids. And I was the oldest of my siblings, but I was the oldest of my, like, um, cousins and everything yeah. like that for my for my grandparents' side of the family. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just, I loved being around children all the time. It's something that I will definitely see in my future. Of course. Yeah.
0: Um, I just wanted to delve into something we didn't touch on. What is it like being in a relationship in a professional environment? Is it hard?
1: Yeah, I think it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my like my previous experiences obviously haven't been good because they didn't last very long, but um.
0: Hey, same same <laughs>
1: <laughs> But yeah, I think you know as I said to you before, I think people think dating an Olympian and a, like an awesome footy player is so great, mm. and then you know if they're also aspiring to be like something great in the footy industry, you know that bit of like ego comes in and it tests it challenges their ego mm. and then they. Yeah, I think it really threatens like their masculinity when obviously their partner's a lot better than them and achieving more. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Whoever that person was.
1: (laughs) We won't name names. (laughs) We won't
0: name names, but you know who you are. It it must be testing because um, one thing men we do struggle with is we do have big egos as such, you know, and if you can't get your ego in check and you have got a, a partner who is just killing it, like... It is a test and so when you were winning these awards what was that like what was that was that like a congratulations or a, hey that's awesome I'm proud of you or was it like um, you could just see this some form of? Resentment? Yeah
1: obviously um, like they'd obviously say they were proud of me but I could always tell like in the back of their minds like there was a little bit more to it mm. and then you know I'd end up feeling deflated because I'd win like this great award and it, particularly I won like the women's player of the year for Australia and I was so elated I was like this is awesome like this is what I really wanted to achieve didn't think it would happen and then to have that kind of dimmed a little bit because they obviously felt really threatened and I remember it so clearly we're in Colorado and they announced it in Australia yeah and I just remember pretty much having to pick him up the floor because he was like so distressed and he was like well now all these people are going to know who you are, and you're going to get all these followers, and guys are going to follow you, and like that was where their mentality went straight away was what. Now you're in the spotlight. Where does that leave me?
0: Mm. Is dragon? us an insecurity.
1: Yeah, insecurity, and I think, and you know, they they're definitely going to know who they are, but like they always said, no, I wasn't jealous. But I remember we went to a couple's counseling session, and I asked them about it, and I remember the counselor going, "I think you are like jealous." Mm they were just so in denial or just didn't want to admit it. Yeah. That's just ego, obviously.
0: And, and surely, like, he, he would have been a competitive person at some stage as well. So maybe he didn't get the accolades that you did. Yeah. That's what it probably come down to.
1: And I think he obviously had aspirations to become a great player and that didn't work out and went down the avenue of coaching. Mm. Um, so, you know, probably a little bit of that was a little bit of resentment towards me for being able to do something that they couldn't.
0: Mm. How, what, going through a breakup while playing sports what was that like did it um, take a toll on your on your on your football your rugby
1: um I don't think the breakup took a toll on my rugby I was lucky that when it ended COVID had, had hit so no one was playing footy at that time but it definitely impacted me playing footy during the relationship when you know things ah, are starting yeah. to go downhill um, there were days where I physically couldn't even turn up to training because I was so upset, mm-hmm. hadn't slept that night, like had just been fighting. And I remember waking up going, "I can't give my best self to the team mm-hmm. after what's just happened for the last twenty four hours."
0: Yeah, that's it's hard, and it's um uh, that's the thing. People people talk up like you know we don't actually get in deep with our, with breakups, but breakups can really affect you and um, manipulation and like if your head. If you've got a game coming up, your headspace has got to be on the game, yeah. you know? And if you're not if you're not present and you're thinking about other stuff, you're going to make mistakes. And those little habits come yeah. in and you're like, shit, I'll never do this normally. What's going on, do you know?
1: Yeah. And I just remember, like, struggling. Like I said, our tournaments are all international. So then you add that distance in there mm. and then things would just escalate. And then, you know, you'd be on, like, stupid FaceTimes at 2 in the morning or something yeah. trying to, like, console someone or, like, talk through whatever's happened or like pretty much fighting and you're like I can't perform like this I can't perform if I've been up on the phone at all hours of the night yeah because we've had some sort of issue
0: yeah that's that sucks yeah I could jump ahead and talk about this but I want to go through the process but it kind of makes sense now the way you are with team players as in you're very caring and you want the best and you'll stand up for what you believe is right yeah um but we'll go into that later on so Obviously, uh, yeah, at 20 years old, went to Rio, and then we're in the squad. And But you got the gold medal, right? Yeah. Got the tattoo on your arm.
1: Yes, I do. <laughs>
0: and then that's amazing. Like, as soon as I seen that in the gym, I was like, oh, wow. Like, yeah. that's amazing. You know, that's such a – people have worked their butt off their whole life for that, you know? Yeah. So, do you, does it ever sink in?
1: Um. No, I think it probably took maybe two or three years for it to sink in. Mm. I know – when we're in the moment of it, it didn't feel real. And then when we came home, it still didn't feel real. Yeah. And I remember seeing, like, people talking about it, and I was like, oh, like, it's a very surreal moment. But now I think I've come to terms with it. But that's, like, five years ago, and it's taken me this long to be like, yeah, I'm a gold medalist. And to be able to say confidently to people as well that yeah. I am, yeah.
0: Two years. Yeah. So you're back in Sydney then, working your butt off? Yeah. And then, yeah, so that, that happened. Let's talk about that a bit.
1: Yeah, so... Rewind a little bit, but okay. after Rio, I took some time off. Oh, okay. Yeah, Great. so I actually left the program for a period of time, um, which then impacted, like, the World Series, because we obviously went back and straight after the Olympics we're back into our World Series. Right. So the girls had, like, a month off, went back, did pre-season, then we started playing again in October. Yeah. Um, and the Olympics were in July, so that wasn't a big, mm. like, big gap before playing again. Um, but I took some time away from the program just to deal with my own stuff. Like, I obviously had been through a Fair bit leading into that.
0: That oh, You felt like that was a time where you needed to kind of just do you for a bit?
1: Yeah. So I left, came back home for about five months, and then I decided, no, I actually miss playing rugby. I want to nice. go back. So I went back down to Sydney and, like, trained my butt off. And mm. probably, like, not probably, I definitely had the best season that I'd ever had. So 2017, 2018, leading mm. into the Com Games and World Cup, that was, like, the best I'd ever played. I was playing my best footy. I was starting. Mm. Um, got named in a fair few of the dream teams and then the overall dream team for the World Series that year and then also got named as Australia's Women's Player of the Year as well. So I just came back and I was like, you know, I'm just going to do me. I'm going to focus on myself.
0: What did it all come, like for you, where did it stem from this work ethic? Like when you come back the next time, where was like, I'm going to rip into this. Where did it come from?
1: I think it was from missing out on like playing in the Olympics as much as I wanted to be involved and then leaving for a period and going, no, this doesn't sit right with me. And then coming back and having mm. a bit of fire in my belly. That's
0: amazing. I love yeah. that.
1: Um, so, yeah, so did that leading all up to the Com Games that year. And so we went to the Gold Coast. We played there. And then, unfortunately, we couldn't quite get the win over New Zealand that mm. time.
0: That's amazing, though. I'm, I love that story. Because there's so many people, right, that after the Olympics and having that time off, to be fair, you went through a lot of stuff in that period. Yeah. Um, and some people live in that fear then, they live in that anxiety of, oh, no, I don't want to go back. I don't want to face my fears. But you facing your fears actually like got rid of any internal issue that's going on. And you're just like, I'm proving everyone. And then when you get the, when the confidence comes back, yeah. it's like no stopping. Hey, No,
1: I was like, I just want more of this. Yeah. So we had the Com Games and that was in the middle of our World Series. So we literally were playing our World Series, had a bit of a break, went to Com Games and then... Two days after we finished playing com Games, we had to fly to our next tournament. Where was that? Um, in Kitakushu. So we had to finish off. That's Japan, sorry. Oh, yeah. So we had to finish off our World Series. And then we didn't get any time off after that. And then we went straight into playing the World Cup in San Francisco. Shit. Yep.
0: So it was just go, go, go. It was
1: That was probably the biggest... Like the biggest 12 months that we had was that time, that period of playing the World Series, the Com Games and the World Cup. Like we knew it was pretty much just get to World Cup and then you can have a break. and That was a really long time for us.
0: Would have been a lot of burnout involved in this for the girls and injuries yeah. coming in, right?
1: We had a really high turnover of players that season and mm. just due to like trying to rest people at the right time, um and obviously sevens like the intensity of training is really intense like yeah. it honestly feels like pre-season all year round Yeah, I bet. um so for us that was really hard and then it basically was just like girls hold on until you get to world cup and then we had like four girls go into surgery after that because it was Look just like in. just push through like to the end and then we'll deal with that later
0: have, have you had any surgeries injuries
1: yeah i've had a few i've had some really big injuries but only two surgeries
0: what um surgeries have you had
1: i had a shoulder recon and then a thumb this is going to sound really bizarre, but I felt like all my injuries came at a time that I probably needed that break. Mm. So, it was kind of like a blessing in disguise for me um getting injured at the times that I did. So, prior to my shoulder surgery, I'd been like harping on about this shoulder not being good for over a year, and at that time I was only 18 years old.
0: So, did the surgeon or doctor the club checking with this uh, this needs nice-
1: Yeah, so they were, but they said, "Oh, you're too young to have surgery, but it was a battle of well, you're too young to have surgery, but your shoulder's not good enough for you to play yet. So I was just in this ah, like limbo. little gray area of, well, I'm not getting it fixed, but you're not picking mm. me because it's not. So that was hard. So then when I finally had the surgery and went through that period, I, I I think I'd had enough time to prepare myself to get to that situation. Okay. And so I knew what I was getting into. I knew I just had to get this shoulder right. Mm. And then even my previous injury in 2019 um, just before COVID hit, I tore my plantar of fascia.
0: And, oh, that's the shit. That's it like is the it. worst. It's
1: honestly, and I still have problems with it today. Like it's never really? gotten fully better. Yeah.
0: So uh, was that just overuse? That's how you get it, right?
1: Yeah. So it was just overuse. And then it just got to a point where it just snapped. And that's the whole thing. Like I knew my body was probably close to breaking yeah. and then it did. And it was almost like a saving grace. It was like, this is like my down period now. I can go and just yeah. recover and rest. See,
0: that's the thing though. When you're in a, a sporting environment, you're taught so much to be strong and, like, your body's always got a niggle because you're playing all the time. So your mind can become so strong that it doesn't even pick up, hey, I'm going to get injured soon. Like, you know when, I don't know, if you're not in the sport environment, you're just going to the gym, you're like, shit, I'm feeling tired today. People just take a day off. But when you're in that circle, when you're on a journey with, I don't know, 20 other women and you're on that level, you, like, you don't want to show that weakness of, like, I'm sore or I'm, i do not know, that's myself anyway, but I reckon...
1: I've definitely over the years learned how to listen to my body. Mm. It's just trying to get them to understand like I'm not actually being soft. Like this is serious. Because yeah, yeah, I knew like I knew something bad would happen. But obviously, like I said, I think it was a blessing in disguise for me. So I've never fully struggled with like the rehab side of things and being in rehab.
0: Mm. So one more, one other thing I'm really like noticing yourself is you are a very proud Polynesian girl, right? Yeah. And now where you are as, as a 27 year old. The build-up to the – was it the Commonwealth Games, the build-up to that? Yeah. Um, You would have been more of a a bigger name right in the team at that stage. Um, Without Tootin horn, I'm going to say it.
1: No, I – oh, to be honest, it's a bit of a blur. I think that was the period where I was literally just making my mark. So I remember articles coming out being like – always being called the one under the radar. So ah, I think yeah, articles yeah. were coming in. And I think that's when people were starting to notice like what I was capable of, mm. which obviously I knew what I was capable of, but it was nice for other people just to be to able to recognise that.
0: I just don't want to miss anything out. Was yeah. you at a stage then where the Commonwealth Games was coming up next, or was it a lot of other things that were coming involved? Because I know at some stage we've spoke about you, um, how do I say, you having some conflict, like a bit of... You know the the situation down in Sydney wasn't going the way yeah. that you thought was great for the team environment.
1: Yeah, so I think it's just the lack of culture that we have down in Sydney and in the sevens environment.
0: And what you would you said this started you started to notice it.
1: So when I left in 2016, a little bit of was part to do with that. But I think over the years, it's just kind of festered and gotten a little bit worse. And then the last 12 months, I really struggled the most. Mm -hmm. Um, And I tried doing a lot of things to try and implement some sort of cultural-like aspect. But it's really hard in a group of like 20 girls. If you can't get everyone to buy in, it's really, really hard. And if you don't have support from up top either to like do things, um, it's a bit hard. But yeah, that probably was... Yeah, the worst was the last twelve months, but I think it's been festering for a lot longer than that.
0: Do you think you being that young young, I wouldn't say naive, but just a young woman in the team at the time, you're too like afraid to speak out because of your selection in the team and your position in the team?
1: Um, I think I was quite fortunate because back then, like, we had a lot of older girls um that I was really quite close to. And they obviously led the way for us. So as a young girl, I just had to follow in their footsteps. And then when they started retiring and leaving, it was almost like, now you've got to step into that role. Yeah, nice. But by the time they left, I was still only 22. And I felt oh, wow. I felt really young. Yeah. So of most of them left after the Olympics. And I was only 21 at Rio. Mm. And then a year after, I was only 22. And then I was like, oh, these are really big shoes to fill. And how does a 22-year-old come in and impact a whole environment?
0: Yeah. So... For yourself, obviously, like I said, Polynesian. How much of the girls would be been Polynesian? How many of them would have been white? <laughs> I'm white, so we're okay. We're safe.
1: Yeah. Um, in 2018, there wouldn't have been a lot of Polynesians as they are now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think there's more Polynesian girls. So I think from maybe 2019, 2020, 2021 was our probably biggest year that we had more Polynesian girls in it. Because yeah. um, we had a lot of the young girls come through. But yeah, so I like... Growing up Polynesian and Samoan, that's obviously like something that's part of my identity and who I am. Mm. So then when I was part of the program and then was around for a lot longer and started to realise like there's cracks in this environment yeah. and I what? didn't quite know how to fix it, I thought maybe culture like the cultural side of it was lacking.
0: Of course. So um when what were, what were you noticing then as in like it's so easy to say the culture side but for yourself? Obviously family yeah. the camaraderie is massive. And I always found that it was in in sporting teams, but did you sound, start to see some form of segregation or something, some form of?
1: Yeah. I think, like, being as being women, like, yeah. you're not going to get on with everybody.
0: I think that's just life.
1: That's just life. But I think in women, like, it can obviously get quite bitchy. Mm. Um So, yeah, when we moved down to Sydney, like a lot of us Polynesian girls, and I see it now the young ones, they're taken away from their families and Mm. they're only 18, 19 years old and then thrown into this environment where no one's really supporting them and Mm. then they really struggle. Um, But then, yeah, then you come to sevens and then there's a big segregation. I can't play my best footy if, like, the off-field stuff's not gelling for me.
0: 100%. So I think you touched on it before. Um, So for yourself being more of an older girl in the team then at this stage – Did you speak up?
1: Yeah, so in the last probably like nine months has been the time where I've really found my voice in the program and we had a few incidences in the team where, yeah, like things were said and they they didn't really sit well with me and I obviously spoke up about it. And then because I'm not a confrontational person, so then when it gets brought back onto me, I really hesitate and then I probably run away from the situation where this year I was like, no, like I'm going to really stand stand my ground. Because, you know, this has been lingering for like five years. And if we don't yeah. bring it to the surface now, like it's just going to keep going. Yeah. And I'm really big on like wanting to leave that environment better than when I found it.
0: Oh, of course. Like um, with that. So was it times in there where you questioned leaving?
1: A lot of times. Yeah. yeah. And I think like as bad as it sounds like I think I just got through just to go to my second Olympics and then reevaluate what I was going to do after that which sounds really bad because obviously going to the Olympics is everybody's dream Mm. but for me this year getting to the Olympics was different to how my mentality was getting to the first Olympics
0: yeah
1: Um, but I was just really lucky last year when COVID hit we obviously were away from each other in that environment for a little bit um, so we had a bit of time apart and then I was like, yeah, I went and played with the Warriors. Yeah, yeah. And I think that made it a lot harder for me to go back to Sevens was because I was put in an environment with girls that were so beautiful and so culturally driven. Yeah. And the culture we created there at the Warriors yeah. was, it was like unmatched to anything I've ever been a part of. So leaving that and then going back to Sevens and knowing how, te- like, how good it could be. How, yeah. Like I've now like, I've had a taste of it. Like I don't want to leave it. Yeah. You know, like, people kind of got their backs up about it at Rugby Course. Australia because they didn't want me to, like, take everything I'd learn over there and then bring it in, yeah. thinking that I was going to try and change everything overnight. That's
0: not right. Well, that that actually, without taking it away from you, I'm actually currently reading um, Sonny Bill's book. Yeah. And he talks about how he's hopping from union to league. And, like, regardless of what you do in life, there's going to be some stubborn-ass people who love rugby and there's stubborn people who love league. And they're going to be calling you so-and-so or be like, you know, where you don't see it like that. Like, I'm not saying you was going there as a, as a traitor or whatever, but yeah. you're just, if you probably didn't go to the Warriors at that time, you you might have not gone back to the Sevens. Yeah. Like, you know, like you just needed this re- rejuvenation in yourself. Yeah. And did you ever, on top of that, did you ever take like the positives out of this and then bring it over to the Sevens? Like as in, not in, hey, these are the values that we need to bring, but more like as in myself, like standards in myself that I want to bring and maybe they can rub off on people.
1: Yeah. See, I feel like I tried that. Mm. But then I – because I didn't get any of it back. Like, and I tried doing this like two years ago as well with just little things around the team. Um, what was the
0: body thing you did? Then you you sit down with um, one of the coaches? I remember you talking about it and you had like the, the perfect Oh, woman. the big person, yeah. Big person, yeah.
1: Yeah, so we tried to create this um, like ideal sevens player – but not just like a physical sevens player, like what she stands for. Mm. Um, and we called her Wendy and we sat down in room and we talked about like what we thought was really important. Yeah. We've got a lot of our girls who are like farmers or like have grown up on farms. So that was big for them. Where then you had the Polynesian girls. Her family was big mm. for us. And then trying to mix all the things together yeah. to create this awesome person. But then to me, I was like, I just don't think she was, I don't think people looked at her the way that she should have been. Yeah, yeah like i think people acknowledge that she was there but no one was sitting there going but like that's who i should aspire to be like
0: yeah so it's an, it's an interesting one cuz you're it's and i bet that becomes frustrating on your half on your behalf because you're actually like girls i really want us to do well yeah. i really want us to like you don't realize that this is actually going to benefit us yeah. but like we talk about some people when like even when i was in a team and you're young you just want to fit in sometimes. Yeah. So if there's a couple of big dogs in the team, you're like, oh, I'm just going to follow her, you know? Yeah. And but what
1: I find is I think when – I'm not throwing around the word culture, but I think when I say that word around rugby and rugby mm. Australia, they think it's this big thing. But I'm like culture can also just stem from like standards and I just 100%. don't think our standards are high enough in that environment either. Like I love that you brought up Sonny Bill because when – you look at the All Blacks, like, they're, like, the pioneers of rugby. Like. Of course, yeah. But then you look at all the off-field stuff they do and, like, you know, their, like, mentality of, like, sweeping the sheds. Like, everyone will do their part. Mm. It doesn't feel like that at Rugby Australia. Yeah. Um, And, like, that's what I really, really struggle with is I'm, like, you know, I'm that person that I would – do a lot of things for other people and not expect anything in return. Yeah. Like, that's one of my biggest attributes, but one of my biggest weaknesses as well. Yeah,
0: I like, I, I'm very similar to that.
1: Yeah, and so, you know, like, I'll constantly be that one that fills up water bottles and I'll pick mm. up cones and I'll make sure the gym's clean, but then you see girls that'll just, like, get in, get out and, like, won't bother to help out with any of that stuff, and that really irritates me because I'm like, we're all here for the one common goal, but you're not actually doing your part to help contribute to that. Like, you just come in, do what you got to do and then leave. I'm like, but where's that team mentality? 100%. Yeah,
0: yeah, 100%. Yeah.
1: Like I genuinely mm. think like setting standards sets a good platform for culture because then once you set standards and you've got new girls come in, like that's the standard and then they've got to fit that mm. and that's what kind of that's what creates a culture.
0: Yes. A culture's
1: not this big thing that I think everyone makes it out to be. I think everyone thinks it's going to be really hard.
0: Yeah. Do you have a leadership group? No. You don't have a leadership group? We
1: had one. It didn't go too well, and we didn't have one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> how many people w- was in the leadership group?
1: Uh, so there was a time there where the um, like we the Rio girls, we yeah. were the leadership group.
0: Ah, okay, because you're the, um, the ones who've been the yeah, longest. So there okay. was about
1: like eight of us still around at that time.
0: Eight within, women in a leadership group. Yeah,
1: but then we tried to do like a group where you had a couple of leaders, but then you all, we said we needed a young head to come in to like mm. kind of understand how this all works. And someone that the younger girls would resonate with if they didn't really want to talk mm. to one of us that were older.
0: I get that. So, and then, but that all got pulling out, out the yeah. window then?
1: Yeah, I just, it's a really hard environment to talk about,
0: yeah. No, and I get, and the, and the hard thing, and I do really appreciate you say talking this, because you're still young, to you're still going to be playing. Like, well, you're still going to be playing in my <laughs> eyes. I don't know where yeah. yet. Um, some, some exciting times ahead yeah. for you, Van. That's one thing I do truly believe. Like, you know... I say this, al- say this to people who I genuinely believe it. Like, you know, when you meet someone and you're just like, this is just like a pure person, yeah. and that's probably why I said what I said to you when I met you. Yeah. Like, no because yeah. I just see this genuinely good person. There's no motive behind, you know, or fakeness. It was just real. And um, you got a m- massive work ethic. So I'm just like, whatever this girl does, career wise or post career, like I know you're gonna kill it. That's one thing I genuinely believe. Thank you. <laughs> So, um, besides all of that, so uh, Commonwealth Games ended. Yeah. So, in that process, though, like, surely there were some highs. Like, surely there were some performances you put in, and
1: yeah, like that year of Com Games and World Cup was honestly like my best year, and like the year I always look back on and go, I want that Varney back. Mm. Like, I'm like, I wish I could channel that Varney and bring it back to 2021, 22, and have that mentality. Why can't you? Oh, I think back then I was able to just focus on playing. Like I didn't have to deal with all this other external stuff mm. or like trying to build the culture or change the environment. Yeah. I was literally going to training to just do me, just to perform and then just leave. Yeah. Um. Obviously still helping around with all the stuff. The cones, yeah. up cones and cleaning up yeah. the gym. But I think now, like as you said, like I genuinely am really resentful of some of the people in my team right now because I feel like I constantly give, give, give and like I don't get anything in return.
0: Yeah. Because that's one thing that I've struggled with is it's not an expectation, but it's more um, you know you're putting in and you're doing it for the bigger picture and yeah. you're helping these people and they're probably not mature enough or understanding enough to know that like yeah. the purpose behind it all yeah. is for the bigger picture. Yeah. Um, and
1: I'm the person to like... I'll see the water bottles and I'll be like, don't do it, Vani, don't do it. And then if no oh, one do it. does it, I'm like, I've just got to do it. Otherwise it's going to really like, it's going to irritate me more. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: It's a hot, that's a, that's
1: a that's <laughs> I'm really that person. Like it drives me crazy, but I'm like, Oh
0: yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I get that. It's uh it's that's, that's for me though. I believe it's like doing, doing work, internal work in yourself yeah. to, to prevent these things happening. So like for me, that's something I always struggle with, is I've learned from journaling, putting out what my frustrations are. Yeah. So, because sometimes, um, like you said, it's not actually, that's not actually the issue. The issue is like, this is stem back from months ago. Yeah. And it's just been cr- gradually chipping away. Yeah. And then bang, it's like this moment. And that's where it's become a bigger issue, you know? Yeah. And I think because that'll, I think that connects from the start of the issues with the sevens. Yeah. And it's just been chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. And all these moments for you, like, you know, where you didn't want to be there and maybe going to the Warriors was a moment you're like, Oh, like this weight out of your chest is just gone. Yeah. Um, but at the same time I, I think you're very smart for sticking around and sticking it out and some of the best things have happened. Yeah. In that process, you know, and you've met some amazing people. So
1: <laughs> Yeah. Not even, yeah. I was like, I'm glad. Like, I feel like everything happens the way it's meant to happen and I don't regret anything I've done. Mm. I just wish the journey was a lot easier than what it had been. Yeah, for sure. But that's
0: that's life as well at some yeah. stage, right? Like, I know, yeah. I, the thing I hope that women get out of this is it's not always sunshine and rainbows. Yeah. Like, there's going to be a lot of women and men who want to, you know, aspire into some form of a goal. Yeah. And they just got to realise, hey, it's not like um, a continuous high, like there's gonna yeah. be issues on the way. There's gonna be tests. They're gonna be, uh, yeah. And how do you overcome these things? Which you have definitely done. Yeah. Do you know? So I hope people, in particular, listeners, go shit. Okay. There's more. It's not just like putting the work in. It's like, what do you do when adversity hits you?
1: Yeah. So yeah, I think that's the biggest lesson out of all of this. Is like, you know, rugby is a small part of your life, but being a better person outside of it is Possibly. more important. So you yeah. can't just go into an environment think you're going to thrive just because you're a great athlete. I'm like, you know, we need genuine good people as well. Mm. What do you
0: think if Varney wasn't a sports player? What other what would Varney be?
1: A mother, a mother, <laughs> full time mother. That's
0: nothing wrong with that because I think like I read something before like you know people aspire to have these jobs like I want to be yeah. this, I want to be that, and then someone was like, I just want to be a good father. Yeah, like that's a, like what's wrong with that?
1: Yeah,
0: but um, that's nah, cool. I like it. I like that because. I just always think, you know, we're in this bubble at the moment with rugby, it is. But then I always think, obviously, you sound like when you had those injuries, it actually like was the mo- good timing. Yeah. But for me, it was like, shit, who am I? I didn't have family around me. So that's probably another factor in it. Yeah. But um, I was, yeah, I think a little bit deeper and go, OK, who would Varney be if it wasn't, you know? Yeah.
1: But I think that probably worked out better for you because now you can sit here and do all those amazing things. And I'm like, oh, God, what's Varney going to do outside of rugby now?
0: Well, I I think there's, I'm excited though. That that's the exciting thing is is the uncertainty, yeah. because you're willing you'll be willing to try anything. Like you said, you 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 get to know people that you wouldn't normally get to know. Yeah. Like so you are out of these avenues already, and then next thing you know, you like you'll find a find an interest in something. You're Like I don't know how long you want to play footy for, but you've got plenty of years left. Yeah. <laughs> don't say maybe it on not you. Pro- maybe not
1: professionally, <laughs> but I was like. A footy will always be around, like yeah. whether it's like a social aspect, definitely. Yeah.
0: Well, you still got a healthy body. You got no, I know you've had shoulder injuries and you got an ankle, ankle issue, right?
1: Oh, no, my plan of fashion. Plan <laughs> of fashion. Oh, so yeah. that's
0: why the, you can't do burpees? Yeah. Oh, oh, I thought it was just an excuse.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I just didn't want to show you up. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. I, honestly,
0: I appreciate that because I could see it coming. Even when we were doing the cleaning jerks and the war balls, I was like, this kill is going to smash me soon. <laughs>
1: oh no nah. but that's the other thing like I love going to the gym but I also have to remember sometimes like this isn't a competitive arena Varney. like because obviously the boys I'm like I obviously go to train hard yes so I get a bit competitive with the boys I'm like you don't actually have to do that Varney. like just let the boys be the boys this, <laughs> you don't have to be maxing out on cows like they yeah. are
0: but it's hard though right because there's yeah. a competitive edge in you that's yes. like I need to like I you wouldn't let someone walk over you on the field, would you? No. So you're like, I won't let someone walk over yeah. me in the gym. But I'm
1: like, it's just a social gym. Like it's not even like, you know, yeah. trainers be an Olympic lifter in here. <laughs> yeah.
0: True. True. So w- what are other interests are you into besides footy? And like, you know, cause you've always been in a in an environment of training for something. Yeah. So this is probably the first ever time where you're a bit idle.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I've done a lot of thinking about it. I have first chat to a lot of people. Um, But yeah, I'm pretty much at the point now where you raise the question like what's your worth and a lot of people have said that after you as well. So I'm going down that journey of learning that but back to the whole like maternal thing like I know I'm going to do something with kids later on Um, whether that's coaching or like like ideally I'd love to be coaching Mm. and just work with them. Um, but, yeah, but just all my lessons I've learned through rugby, like I really want to work with that generation from grassroots up and help them be good athletes but good people. Yeah. So that way when they do go into an environment that's a professional sport that they're good people first and then when they go in they realise that it takes, you know, yeah. a great attitude and a good work ethic to become a great athlete. You don't just have to be like physically have all the attributes like mentally and outside, morally and socially, like you've got all of those as well.
0: I, s- I love that and it, because – the reality is right, sports is not not you. Like it's it's a part of you. Yeah. Like that's a small part of your career, like you're still young. Yeah. Like there's so much living to do in you and the values that you just said then that you want to hope to pr- promote and build into other people, like you know, gent like um empathy or showing um gratitude. Yeah. Like these are so important values that we in our society don't actually look into that much. Like yeah. we're so Selfish, as in we're so thinking about ourselves all the time that we actually forget that we're we are a community, and the way we move forward in life is community. Yeah. So I think that's something. I think you'll i I think you'll go down the coaching avenue to be honest. Coaching, giving back, but that's my only only opinion. Yeah,
1: I just would love to work with like younger kids. Yeah, not so much like the older group. Mm. Nothing against them. I just like I really like warm to young children, and I think they warm to me a lot easier as well.
0: Yes. I'm I'm actually I'm super grateful that you come on today though, Vance. Like, uh, thank you. It's um, from getting to know you, catching up with you, and just seeing how much of a like a genuinely great person you are. It's exciting, and I'm just super grateful to be in your presence. Thank you. So, um, what? Yeah, thanks. Um, one thing I want to ask as well, I like to ask everyone before they wrap is, what are you grateful for?
1: What oh, I'm grateful for a lot of things. Okay. I'm grateful that I'm surrounded by my family, and I've met some awesome people in my life like you that i would have never had the chance to if i didn't just take a leap of faith and just relocate back to brisbane and
0: i'll give you 20 bucks after this right? I'll tell you that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it's true though like um even like coming here and telling people like what are you doing today i'm going to podcast and then i tell them the backstory of how we met and how quickly and i was like it's really hard to find people that you just click with really easily yeah. and that they don't have like any malice already mm-hmm. like you know like what is it, like ulterior motive behind getting to know you, especially when like you've, like I've achieved some great things. It's nice to be around people that want to get to know you for the other side for of you. that. Yeah. Do you
0: actually, do you, do you actually have, come, have you come across people that you feel like have wanted to get you to know you for other purposes, like for being an Olympian and this and the other?
1: Yeah, or people in your life that you think are there for the right reasons, but then they never talk to you unless they then need you for your profile. That like that's a lot yeah so that that's, happens that's,
0: more often yeah, yeah. For, for me it's more like just seeing the person for who they are and yeah. i think that there is generally nice people out there but yeah. I, I feel like the more the social media world kicks in there is a lot of sharks out there like yeah. you kind of mentioned but um now nah, one thing you've got is you've got your voice so i think you'll call out idiots straight up so <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll see yeah well
0: barney thank you so much for no, coming thank on you. that was awesome hope you guys enjoy just talk it,
1: walking. walk is it. walk only. Don't just talk it, walk it. Don't just talk it, walking. walk is it. walk only. Don't just talk it, walking it, walk is only.